0: Good morning to you all. It's uh, it's just a a joy to share. If you've got a Bible, you could turn to John chapter 12. In fact, this passage is uh, in two other Gospels, slightly abbreviated, in Matthew 26 and Mark 14. But we're looking at John chapter 12. These are just. Days before Jesus' crucifixion. If I just set the scene a little bit in, in Matthew, uh, John chapter 11 rather, at the end of that verse. I, I mean the, the Jewish religious authorities had the, the hump with Jesus. They had more than the hump with Jesus. They would taken a particular dislike to him. And uh, they were not wanting to worship, they were not wanting to share a meal with him. They were out to arrest him and get him out of the way because this was now the, uh, the Passover. And there were uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of, of, of Jews had, had, had gathered and were gathering in and around Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. And uh, to, in the tail end of, of uh, John 11 it says... Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert, to a a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus. And as they stood in the temple area, they asked one another, What do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all? But the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so that they may arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. As she poured it on Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of the disciples Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save the perfume, For the day of my burial, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of the Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead, so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of how many Jews were going over to Jesus, and putting their faith in Him. In a so wonderful little story, isn't it beautiful in its simplicity? In the, the the account in Matthew, it talks of this this lady. Jesus says it will be recorded in the gospel, and that she did a beautiful thing. So, I want to talk about this beautiful thing that this lady did that from Jesus' own mouth, she did a beautiful thing. And uh, that that really touched me, because I think many of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ and love him want to do a beautiful thing for Jesus. Like to do a beautiful thing for for the Lord, after all that he's done for us. Uh, And uh, Jesus had had, had recently raised Lazarus from the dead, A, a huge, huge miracle. He'd been dead for three days. And Jesus called him out of the tomb. And Jesus stayed away from Jerusalem and everyone was looking at for public enemy number one. And uh, there'd, be, there'd be many people camped to, on, on the hills around Jerusalem and Josephus, a, a Jewish historian, said that as many as three million people would come to celebrate the Passover in this small sort of city Jerusalem. And we read about the same uh, account elsewhere. Um, and in one of those accounts it says that the house where they were was the house of Simon the leper. Quite interesting that. Um, that it, it was in this place. It was probably a safe place, a leper's house, because no um, uh, devout uh, uh, um, Jew would go into a, into a leper's house even though he'd been cleansed because it could still be considered unclean. And it's a likelihood, this is quite a dinner party, isn't it? If Simon the leper was there, because he wasn't a leper anymore, he'd been healed, and all probability it had been by Jesus. And another of the guests was the dead man raised from from, from, from death. Now, what a dinner party would that be? Yeah? <laughs> Can you just imagine that the, the two. Uh, and, and Jesus was there uh, in the place of honour. This was just something. And, and the whole of Jerusalem, it would have been electric. The atmosphere there would be um, amazing. These two men owed Jesus everything. It changed their night into day. It changed their agony into ecstasy, their pain into praise, and their living hell to eternal hope. How wonderful it must be. An amazing occasion. And they would have all been all men at the table, the women wouldn't have been there. Um Martha was doing her thing, serving, and Mary wasn't there initially. It, for Martha, she would already been sort of told that, that w- with her sister when Jesus went to the house, that, and she was griping about her sister, her sister wasn't working, wasn't doing anything. She was just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening, and she said, in the ear more paraphrased version, you know, this is unfair. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing all the work and she's doing nothing. And Jesus said, But she's chosen the better part to listen to me, to be a worshipper, to love me. I'm not saying that service, but, but Martha has got a servant heart and it says that she's waiting on the table. They said that Mary came in and broke the neck of a flask of expensive perfume. And in one of the other accounts it says she anointed his head, not just his feet. She anointed his head and his feet with this amazing perfume. This extravagant love. This beautiful thing that she was about to do. And you know, I just want to speak a little while about extravagant love for Jesus. Not just love. But extravagant love. God did something extravagant for mankind, didn't he? In sending his son. I mean, that was over and above what we deserved, what we merited. She did beyond what was reasonable. It was costly. It says in the word that it was equivalent to One year's salary, what's that? £25,000. That's an expensive perfume that was being kept for anointing as a part of the process of anointing a body. She had opened her bottom drawer that, that, that day with the intent of going. It didn't happen. She didn't think. well, I've got my pocket to give to Jesus. This was intentional. She had, it was probably kept in a very safe place in her home, because of its expense. And she'd gone and got it, and she'd carried it to this dinner party. With one thing in mind. A motive was pure love. This was this was risky business when everyone was out looking for Jesus and when she wasn't invited. Not begrudgingly giving what we can afford. You know, Old Testament worship was always involving sacrifice. Always. Everywhere where we read there's a sense of sacrifice with giving. In in 1 Chronicles 21, David um, he had numbered his army and got into big trouble with God and God had given him three options and he chose the option of of standing before God. And as a consequence, there there was plagues and there was a lot of issues happened to Israel because he numbered his soldiers when he was supposed to be trusting God. And in the end, God relented and, and forgave him. And uh, he wanted to, to, to give a sacrifice, and this guy Uruna, said, "You know, I, I, I'll give you my ox, and I'll, I'll give you the wood, and I'll give you some wheat to make a, a, an offering." And uh, and David said, "I can't give an offering to God that hasn't cost me." He couldn't use someone else. He couldn't go on the back of someone else's worship. He said, I can only give the sacrifice out of my own heart. Thank you, but no thank you. I'll give myself. And there's a saying that this personal giving that, that God, well, what is it, why like? it's so beautiful? God loves corporate worship, but what's corporate worship if it isn't the sum total of all our hearts? And God looks at your heart and He looks at what you've, you've given to God this morning. What are you giving to God at this very moment? That you've come to receive. Of course you have, because God loves to give. But isn't worship giving to Him? Isn't worship giving your best to Him this morning? Couldn't offer someone else's gift. So what am I giving God this morning that's so costly? Could it be my pride? Could I be willing to lay that down? My money? Could I give my heavy heart to him? Could I give my doubt to him? Could I give those things I really struggle to, those those habitual things that are, are, are not healthy? as a sacrifice, this worship is a pouring out of our hearts. But more than just what she gave, Mary chose to be at Jesus' feet. She chose the place. A special, precious place. In Luke 10, Mary is found sitting at Jesus' feet. In John 11, when Lazarus had just died, she knelt at Jesus' feet in sorrow. In John 12 we read she's worshipping at Jesus' feet. She was with Jesus. Sometimes worship doesn't need a word. It just needs to kneel at Jesus' feet. And this worship is without shame, it's, it's, it was public, it was openly associated with Jesus. Mary was not at church, this wasn't the Sabbath, but Mary was a worshipper. Do you know you were, you were saved to worship God, to love him with all your heart? That's worship. That was the first commandment. You were called to worship before you were called to serve. Your service flows out of your worship. That's why we are just not followers, we're worshippers. And you know, it, this extravagant love, it perplexes, it perplexed Judas Iscariot. I mean, it can cause problems to others. Fragrance of this wonderful perfume would cause some to cough. Judge, show their disapproval. Judas's disapproval speaks more of Judas than it does of Mary. It speaks of his heart. Was he a worshipper at this time? I fear not. Mary's worship drew attention to Jesus. As a worshipping church, with people outside of the church, the fact that we are worshippers doesn't bring attention to us, it brings attention to the one we worship. If we don't worship, people come and they they think, well, what is this? This is some sort of social gathering of some sort. But this extravagant worship do you remember the story of David when he, he was bringing the uh, the Ark of the Covenant back to, to Jerusalem? And uh, he got part way, didn't he? And the, the ox stumbled and Azar uh, um, you know, touched the Ark of the Covenant and was struck down and fear fell upon everyone. And they parked the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and it was that eventually, after a few months, that they were allowed to bring uh, the the ark back and they brought it back into Jerusalem and, and David was dancing and, and in front of a, in, in a in a white ephod he'd, he'd given up all his kingly garments and he was just dancing and, 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 and in public and his wife, wife mikhail was looking at him and she was shocked and she, she said in a way this is a disgrace for a king to behaving in this way And and his response was, you know, well, I I will dance even more extravagantly before my God for what he's done. Should there be a bit of that in me? This extravagant love was pleasing to Christ. Why bother this woman in Matthew 26.10? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Worship is to Jesus. And Jesus receives worship and he remembers worship. The amazing thing was, six days later, he'd be crucified, he would be drenched in this perfume. This oil. They didn't wash as often as we do in this country. This oil would have impregnated his his garments. It would have impregnated his skin. And he would have smelled of the worship of Mary. Wherever he went this beautiful worship he'd carry the fragrance with him to the Last Supper he'd carry the fragrance to Gethsemane he'd carry the fragrance to Herod's Hall he'd carry the fragrance before Pilate and even on the cross would be the fragrance of Mary's worship. How wonderful. It says, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So, what does this teach me? The meeting with Jesus is not just about hearing stories about him about sitting at his feet and listening to him that the aroma of worship draws people that I, like Mary, need the presence of Jesus and I say lovingly that you need the presence of Jesus right now, no matter what's going on around you no matter how difficult life may be no matter how many situations where we haven't got the answers to You need the presence of Jesus. And those that you're praying for need the presence of Jesus. He inhabits the aroma of praise. And Mary's heart, this is all about Mary's heart, wasn't it? Know, for a woman to come and into a, a a a meal that she wasn't invited to, that was only men and all of a sudden, with conversations going on, to put oil on his hair head, oil over his feet, and then to let down her hair in public and then wipe his feet. unimaginable and yet it's a beautiful thing she changed the atmosphere in that place through worship what have I got that I can break open for Jesus because of what he's done for me because there's a bit of the Simon the leper in me leprosy was always akin not that it was caused by sin but in many examples that it's akin uh, with sin that I was leprous and I am no longer because of the cleansing Jesus' blood has brought to me there's a bit of Lazarus in me I was dead but now I'm alive I've been born again because of Jesus The question is, is there a bit of Mary in me? Is there a Mary in me? Is there a Mary in you? That no matter what the cost is, no matter what what other people think, I want to worship Jesus in a way that really, really, really pleases him. It might be demonstrable, it might be quiet, will you break open your vessel of oil, your costly aroma of worship, so that I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. How beautiful, how beautiful, how wonderful. May I pray and let us exhort the Lord our God. Father, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus alone is worthy of our worship because what he's done in our lives we love because he first loved didn't say go away, you're an embarrassment to me and with my friends he allowed her to do it and it exposed the heart of Jesus Father would you please release in us worship that is that Jesus is worthy of. May we offer, Father, you the best of our lives, not the leftovers. May we give you the sacrifice of praise for your glory. That the world may know that we unashamedly love Jesus. Amen.